Here at Metro City Church, I've gained so much wisdom. But some of the stuff you does is fishing. You know, the Metro experiences are pretty solid, okay, but you know, we can make them a little better, you know, maybe turn up to 11. Let's be honest, guys, baptisms are a little long. I got an idea to shorten it up a little bit. I think we need to put a shark in the pool and not just your average shark. I think a hungry bullhead shark. What if that buffs? What if that gets all over the carpet? Who's gonna clean that up? Candles, I get it. They smell good, romantic, they look kinda cool, but you know what we need? Flamethrowers, like <laughs> flamethrowers. Fire burns wood. Is that not a problem? It's like in your face, literal baptism of fire flamethrowers. I done built this building with my bare hands. And now you're burning this one. I'm building the next one with my done bare hands and your probably gonna put your done candles in there too. You know, Pastor Jeremy, I love that guy. Let's talk about his style for a quick sec. You know what he needs? You know what him to really reach that younger generation? Neck or face tattoo? Pastor Jeremy, I love you. Whatever once in a while, can you wear a three-piece suit? You know what we need here at Metro? Another dimension. I'm talking third dimension, 3D. Like grab you by the soul and shake it like this. Easy grace, I Why does someone got to die before we sing Amazing Grace, a classic hymnal? The music's too loud, I gotta put these little bubble gum candy drops in my done ears just to enjoy the done experience. How we doing, good? Good, man, I'm excited to be here, man. My name is Chris and I am the Generation Pastor. Now, if you don't know what that means, um, maybe you're like, wow, what, what in the world is all this about? Um, we're gonna explain all that because tonight um, is kind of like a special night I've been hearing is what we call our Generation Ministry Night where um, if you're brand new, what we're doing is we're kind of peeling back the curtain of Metro and kind of talking about why we do what we do and what we do. Does that make sense? And so um, what you're gonna understand and realize is there's two things that we are gonna be boldly asking God and we're gonna realize really, really fast if you're new. Number one is that we're a church that asks God, and I mean ask God, to do the impossible. Like that's what we ask all the time. We make no bones about it. We want God to move in God's ways. But secondly, um, we're growing. You're going to realize really, really fast that, look, we aren't perfect, and we got a ton to grow in and a ton to learn. And so let's pray, and we're going to dive into everything God has for us today. And so, dear Jesus, God, thank you so, so much for Jesus. God, let Jesus be the, the subject that we worship. Let Jesus be the person that we look to. God, let Jesus be the one that gets all the glory and fame. And God, with every person in here, God, and let us see Jesus for who he really is, that you're unbelievable son, the payment for our sins, God. Let us see who Jesus is. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So we're going to start off a little bit different today, um, and we're going to kind of dive into and talk about um, 
gifts, because it was just Christmas time, but certain gifts that really make headaches for parents, and it's because kids feel like they can't live without them. You know what I'm talking about? It's like those gifts that, that you might have to pay more money than what's retail for them because the demand is so high, or maybe you have to stand in a huge line because your kid is like, oh, I've got to have it. Right? And it makes you move in a different direction. So I started thinking about this, and I started thinking about what are the biggest gifts of all time. And so um, the very first gift that we're going to talk about, this is arguably the best seller of all time. It's the gift that every kid at some point seemed to want. It made headaches for parents. Kids couldn't live without it. And it's this. How many know what this is? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know, if you don't know, this is a, what we call a Tickle Me Elmo. Tickle Me Elmo. Now, here's what's crazy about this gift. This, this, you're like, you're like what's it do? What's it do? Um, laughs. That's it. That, that's all the thing does. And think about it because it was one of the top selling gifts of all time where this was retail, $28. $28. But because... Kids were like, dude, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Look, parents went crazy. Parents waited in long lines. Some parents even spent up to $1,500 for a Tickle Me Elmo. And all it does is last. Like, I'm just saying, look, look, straight up, straight up, straight up. You can tickle me anywhere for $1,500, all right? I, I just, I'm just saying, that's crazy, crazy. Second thing is, you really can't, so just don't take my lap. Second thing is this. How many, guys, how many guys waited in line for one of these? A Nintendo Wii. Do you remember when they couldn't make enough of them? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? I mean, like, they, we had parents that would call Meyer and call Target. Like, you knew the shipping date. And you would call at 8 a.m. when they open. You're like, got a week, got a week. We got four. And what would you do? you go Billy Ninja. Like, I got to get there, you know? Um, and what's funny is, is the system really wasn't that good. I understand that some people might still play it, and we're sorry for you. The rest of us have moved on to PS4 or Xbox One. Um, um, and so, but the problem with that is we waited in lines, and it was like a huge, huge, huge thing. And now um, we got over the Wii. Is it? See what I did? Okay, bad joke. Next one. Next one is this. This one I put up there for the adults. How many of you guys remember those things? Beanie babies. Now, now, some of the younger people are like, I don't get it. I don't, they're stuffed animals. No, these were Thai beanie babies. Now, um, you might have not, like, like what parents do, and I'm a parent, okay? I do this for my son all the time. Like, in the name of my kid has to have it, right? What do we do? We're like, I gotta get the Beanie Baby, right? And so you maybe went and got the Princess Diana one or the tie-dye one and spent like $40, $50, on a Beanie Baby that sits in your garage now and you don't care about, right? Um, and that's what I mean. Like there's certain gifts that we, we spend too much on or they kind of gifts because there's like, we got to have them. And so for me, my personal one, if I had to think back on my life, like what was the gift that for me, I was like, I've got to have, I've got to have this gift. What was it? Um, for me, put this next picture up. It is, Optimus Prime Transformers. Yeah, how many of you guys around? Now, 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 young people. This, this is not what you think. Like, you're like, what's the big deal? That's not even like, cool, they make cooler ones that. No, this is 1992, like Sears, that's what I, Sears catalog, where you like flip through, you're like, there it is. And you would circle it, and you would point to it, and you'd put it like in the bathroom. You're like, mom, you got to get this, right? Um, that was me, because, because, do you know what this toy did? Went from a truck to a person thing. <laughs> now, here's what's funny. Now, we can all relate to this to one degree or another. Can't we agree? 
Like, like we all have had that kid inside of us, or we all have that kid and family where, look, you went to great lengths to get your kid everything he wanted for maybe Christmas or a birthday, right? And the question we dive into is why? Why do you stand in the lines? Why do you pay maybe a little bit more or a lot bit more for an animal or a stuffed animal? Like, why do we do those things for our kids? And here's why, because there's a moment on maybe Christmas or their birthday where they open it and you get to see their face, right? Where you just, you just get to see them light up. You get to see them smile. You get to see that moment where it's everything they could ever want, right? Right, that's why we do those things and make no mistake about it, don't miss this, is that the reason God sent Jesus Christ to this earth was the exact same reason. It was to see you and I smile, See, here's one of the biggest problems inside of our American Christian world is we think that Jesus came to create some sort of religion. Well, listen to me, Jesus came not just to create a religion. He didn't come just to get us into heaven. He came to get him out of heaven and into us. Do you understand that? Where scriptures have some unbelievable promises to us that call ourselves Christian have received Christ. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump into a text in the book of Joel. Now, Joel is in the Old Testament. This is before Jesus. Okay, and I just want us to see what the Bible says in Joel chapter 2. We're going to pick it up in verse 28. And I want you guys to just rest into these promises because this we're going to be anchoring here. We're going to be talking about this text all night long. Where he, he says this, and afterward. Now, the question becomes is what's after what? right? It's after Jesus. It's after he died. So after he died, rose again, and he ascended into heaven, the Bible says that after that, right? Afterward, after that, he says this, I will, and notice the promises. God's laying out promises for us. Here's what God will do. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will, there's another promise, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, old people, pay attention, okay? And don't don't get mad at me. The Bible said old, okay? So old men, old women will, 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 there's another promise, dream dreams. And your young men, young people will, there's another promise, will see visions and then keep going because there's more promises. Even on my servants, both the men and women, I will. There's no, it's God's doing something, right? I will pour out my spirit in those days. You notice he, God's going to fill us up. God's going to put his spirit on us. It's not just about getting us to heaven, but it's getting him into us, right? There's the promises and it's going to be a young and old thing. Two generations, going to be many, many people. And he says this, I will show wonders. And I love that word. He says, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Now call a time out because understand these aren't just lofty promises, that God is just throwing out there. Understand, this is for you. Like if you're here and you know Jesus, listen to me, the moment you accepted him, he placed his spirit in you. And the reason he placed his spirit in you is to do his wonders through you. Meaning, 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 that no matter what you have planned for your life, no matter what you think you want to do with your life, look, God wants to do more, don't miss that, more than you can ever think or imagine. He wants to do God-sized wonders in heaven and on earth through you. Do you hear me? You got to understand that. And the question becomes is, well, who gets to do the wonders? Right? Well, well, who's these promises for? And I love this. Anyone, or it says, and everyone, and anyone, that means you. Right? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Meaning, meaning that in a moment, don't miss this, you 
can meet Christ, go from sinner to saint, lost to found, dead to alive, and have God do his wondrous works in your life. That's the gospel. Man, them are promises. God says, this is just what I do. But then secondly, it's not just personal, but secondly, and just as important, he also does it in his church. We don't miss this. What God wants for his church, meaning what God wants for Metro City Church, is more than we can ever think or imagine. God wants to do wonders amongst us. Meaning, for 2015, God doesn't want just the same old, same old. What God wants isn't just two campuses. What God wants is not just attendance of 2,000 people. You know what God wants? He wants more. He wants the wonders. He wants to do more with you and I than we ever think or imagine. But the only way that's possible... And this is the big idea of the whole entire night. This is why we do what we do at Metro City Church, because we really do believe that if we want to see the wonders of God in this church, then we got to be one church and two generations. We need to have one church where the young and the old collide and we do church together. We got to have one church, two generations. We got to understand young and old colliding together. And that's where I come in, right? Like I told you, when I walked out here, I'm the, I'm the generation pastor. So I want to put a definition. What does that mean? It means number one is that I am the middle school, high school, and college pastor, right? And so Fuel is our middle school, Alive is our high school, and Unite is our college-aged young adults ministries. And I do those ministries, right? But understand, that wasn't the easiest choice for me. Like that for me is, is not something that I chose to do. Like, in fact, that thought kind of scared me. Like, like, straight up, just so you guys know, like, how I got to where I am wasn't because I, like, got a piece of paper and I was like, look, I would love to take over the middle school, high school, and college generation. Like, that, that was not me. Like, before I did this, I was just Unite Pastor. That's it. College students. The easy thing about college students, they're over 18. Anything goes. Okay? You, you can't sue us. You can't. Okay? Now, you deal with 11-year-olds? Woo! It changes. I mean, it just changes. And so straight up, let me just show, share with you how this became for me. Because for me, how this all came out, like I walked into church one day and Jeremy and Greg, our senior and executive pastor, were like, Chris, you got to come into my office. And, and any time that happens, you're just like, dang it, dang it, what I say? what I say? what I say? You know, like, is it the jeans? The jeans are too tight. You know, I don't, I don't, you, you, just, your mind goes, you know, you don't even know what the problem is. It's like detention, principal's office. It's like bad news. And they literally looked at me and they were like, all right, we got some news that you can't tell anyone. You, you can't whisper this to anyone. And I'm like, Jeremy's dying. Jeremy's dying. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know, you know? Um, and, but straight up, they told me that Adam, our old youth pastor, had taken a job back in Colorado. And they were like, you know what we want for you? We want you to take over his position and keep doing Unite, and we want you to do the middle school, high school, and college pastor. And Jeremy looks at me, and he goes, now, Chris, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't I, 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 like, literally, of all the answers, of all the answers, I was just like, scared. <laughs> you know, you know, and he was like, well, not the answer I was hoping for, but here's what, the reality is, is my whole life was like 18 and over. Like, that's what I was gunning for in ministry. And then all of a sudden, this light switch goes on. Like, hey, take care of middle school all the way through college. Like, what do you think about that? And look, 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 it terrified me. And then, and then, I went to my first fuel event. Boah, this thing called Messy Mondays. Look, 
it became a mess of a Monday for Chris, all right? Because like I said, in, eight, in, in college ministry, anything goes, okay? Like a dude hits you, pow, hit him back, you know? It just is what it is, you know? I mean, you, you, they kick you, you kick them back. Well, in middle school, they hit you, you can't hit them back, but no one told me. Um, so what happened, we start playing this game and I'm trying to relate, you know? I, I'm trying to be fun and I'm like, whoa, fuel Chris, you know? And then we played this game where they threw a raw fish and they were, made two teams and they were like, fight and get it. And pff, they, just, they just went and I was like, uh, that seems like a game, all right. And I, I just jumped in and we're wrestling for raw fish and then uh, it was kind of weird to me, I didn't really get it. And then uh, we got done with the game, we finished and one of the fuel kids decided he was going to take the raw fish and smack me in the back of the neck. Now, again, 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 for me, for me, I'm used to unite, I'm used to college. Eye for an eye, all right? Like, I, I, it just is what it is. So, when that kid hit me, I decided to take it upon myself to chase him down, which realizing I am superior to him. I am about three feet taller than him. My legs can run a heck of a lot faster than that poor kid. And I caught him, chased him down, threw him down, straddled him, pinned him down, grabbed the fish and whacked the snot out of him until all of a sudden he started crying. (laughs) And at that moment, I'm like, no. And picture this, he's straddled. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm pretty positive that is a no-no in student ministry. No-no. And so the question is, is why in the world did I decide to do this, right? Like why, why a generation pastor? What, what possessed me? And here's why I don't miss this because of this vision. That man, that we can be one church with two generations because I really do believe when the young and the low collide and we do church together, I really do believe we can change the world. I believe that. I really do. And I just want to give you two reasons why I believe that and two reasons this makes sense. And so the very first thing is this. Number one is that young people always move culture. Why does it take two generations? Because young people always move culture. Now, understand, understand, there's some, there's some hillbilly from Taylor here, and you're like, whoa, whoa, ain't no youngster telling me what to do. <laughs> okay, let me, let me just, I can prove this. I can prove this, all right? How many of you guys, just by a raise of hands, okay? Don't think, just when you hear it and you think about it, just, just slip it up. There's a judge-free zone. This is Metro, okay? Okay, it's okay to not be okay, but we don't stay okay. Okay, it just, it's okay. So, so how many of you have ever heard, or, 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 nay, how many of you guys have a Facebook? Raise your hand. Okay, now, now time out, time out. Everyone, everyone. Hi, Do you know how Facebook started? Because our whole world is centered around Facebook, is it not? Like my mama has a Facebook and she's like, you didn't call me back. I'm like, what? So I I messaged you and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, I'm Facebook. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, um, but, but seriously, the history of Facebook was started by a college student. Do you realize that? Do you realize in the beginning you had to go to college to actually have a Facebook account? Isn't that weird? And then the guy was like, wow, everyone loves Facebook. And so he literally just unloaded and let everyone join. And now, look, we hashtag everything. We tag people. Look, we don't even do graduation cards anymore. You know what we do? We create Facebook events, right? Birthday parties, Facebook events. I have so, please stop sending me events. I can't keep up with them. But, but we have so many events because the world focuses on Facebook. Don't miss this. A young person created Facebook and changed the world. And it's not just Facebook. What, texting? Right? Like, think about this. Think about this. The only reason we text is because young people wanted to do it. Seriously, like, no grandma, no grandma 
picked up her phone and was like, man, I really wish I could write out what I want to say to, to, my, to my friend. Like she did not say, I wish I had a screen that was too small for my little fingers. And every time I hit the little buttons, that it's going to have to autocorrect it because I can't fit my fingers on the buttons. Like grandmas are too smart for that. They're, not, they're, they're just going to call, right? They're just, they're just like, ding, 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 hello. But look, now grandma's text, right? Now parents text. It, some of you are texting now. Stop it. I'm a, I'm a general parent. I'm, I'm trained. Like, your face is glowing right there. I caught you. Yeah, that's a blue face. That's Facebook right there. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys are getting me off track. <laughs> you guys weren't ready for this, were you? <laughs> okay. So, but here's the thing. Young people change the word they always have. And understand, if you want the church to grow, the church to change, the church to stay relevant, we got to let the young people in. We just have to because when a young person gets filled with God's spirit, Look, vision unloads out of them. That's where, come back to our text, right? Because after God says he will pour his spirit on all people, he gets specific. And what happens to young people? Young people, your young men will see visions. They'll see visions. And look, you talk to any youth leader, you talk to any staff member on our staff, like you will sit down with a young person and they'll meet Jesus and they're a skyrocket of fresh, fresh air. Like they start talking about the church. They start dreaming. They start thinking of new ways to do different things. They start to go, what if we created this? What if we went this direction? What if we used flames, right? Like I'm not saying we should, but, but all of a sudden they get a vision and a passion in their heart. It's literally unbelievable. And the reason that I stand where I stand is because I really do believe young people always move culture and they become world changers when they meet Jesus. Every single time, I really do believe that. And the, the reason why, want to know why? Because Jesus believed that. You read the re, the, when Jesus wanted to create a worldwide movement, when he wanted to take the gospel of the world, <clears throat> he didn't choose old people. Okay, you guys know the 12, the big 12, the 12 disciples. Most scholars believe they're all the ages between 16 and 25. Think about this, when Jesus wanted to start his church, he, he didn't go to a guy that was old with a degree and had years of experience. He went to Peter. And what did he say? He was like, Peter, I'm you. I'm the rock. You're going to be the rock that I'm going to build my church. Understand, he's talking to a 16 to 24-year-old person. And then Peter started getting his buddies together. And they went up to an upstairs room to pray. And in Acts chapter 2, it says that Peter and all of his bone boys got out of there filled with the Spirit. And what happened? What happened? Peter preached the gospel, and in one day, one day, one day, 3,000 people got saved because a 16-year-old boy preached the gospel. It's an unbelievable thing. Jesus knew, and you know who the elders of the early church were? The disciples. Again, kids, like you're going, what was Jesus thinking? He's going, I'm going to put my spirit in them. They're going to get a vision and their passion and drive is going to take this thing to the ends of the earth. And I would suggest and say that the reason we are here in Taylor, Michigan, halfway around the world from where Jesus died is because young people decided they got to tell the world about Jesus. Because I believe with all my heart, young people always move culture. Always. Now, 
let me talk, address something, because as the young people, they're like, yeah, yeah, get them, Chris, get them out of here. Let's get the flames, <laughs> you know? Sharks in the water, it'll be awesome. Okay, <clears throat> time out, because yes, I believe that you guys change the world. I believe that you guys move culture, but I also believe point number two is that when you're young, you're dumb. Now, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, young people, young people, I, I love you guys. I just, don't forget point one, because I called you dumb, but honest, when we're young, we make stupid choices. Man, like for me, when I started leading at this church, like straight up, I, I, I made terrible choices. Oh man, like we went to Columbia straight up. And when we have safety systems in, so this doesn't happen anymore, but I went to Columbia with our Unite crowd, college students, 18 and over, they couldn't sue us, but 18 and over, we went to Columbia, drug infested Columbia, drug infested Columbia, past the equator, different country, passports. And we went there and literally you, I went there and had no address, no phone number, just a hope and a prayer. Woo, here we go. We got stuck in customs. We couldn't even talk Spanish. So the guy's like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. And, it, and the long story, they got a translator, and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't have an address. You don't have a phone number. We can't let you in the country because we don't know where you're going. I mean, I, who does that, right? Like, some of you, I am never letting my kid travel with him. It's okay, it's okay. Megan will take care of the details. We will be totally fine, I promise. <laughs> But here's what's crazy. When you're young, look, you need wisdom. Now, what would happen? Just think. What would happen if you had young people, the passion, the drive, the energy, colliding with the wisdom and the dreams of the older? What would happen? I really do believe we would change the world because understand, old people, old people, the Bible calls you that, not me, but old people, when you get filled with the Spirit, Look, something happens. We're coming back to our text. It says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This is what Jesus is going to do. Just infuse us all. And when an older person gets filled with the spirit, the promise is that your old men, older people, the next generation will dream dreams. Because this is what I know is that even though you're older in life, you still want to change the world. You still have dreams. You're not dead, right? Like you're like, I want my life to count. I want to move. The problem is you're old. And what happens when you're old? I'd ask, because I'm not, okay. I asked Jeremy. I'm like, Jeremy, what happens when you get old? He was like, you, you get tired. <laughs> Amen? Right? Right? Like, that's why we, we, we hate teenagers, because we wish we were them. That, that's just it. Like, when we were 16, it was awesome. Life was awesome. Like, I know, some of you looked at your 16-year-old today, and you were like, I, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not 16 anymore. You do. You wish you were. Because, see, when you were 16, you had your license, you had all your free food. They bought, your parents bought all your food. And, and, and you got five hours of sleep and you just rocked, uh, we didn't have Red Bull back then, but we just rocked Mountain Dew and we just raised heck all day long. We didn't need sleep. We didn't need nothing. We just went. Now imagine, imagine if you took that and you actually got a young person running in the right direction. Because when you're in the older generation, look, what happens by 8.30? Seinfeld comes on. You know, I mean, you're out. But just because you're tired, just because you're like stretched thin, just because you have kids and responsibilities and jobs, like just because you can't take off to Africa on a whim, who can? Right? Who can change the world? Who can just go? Who can have the energy and have the passions? Who can go? Who can run? The teenagers the young adults, the college-age students, a young generation, I'm telling you, if we want to see the wonders of God, 
If we want to see the wonders of God amongst us, we connect the old and the young and collide because there's promises to be had. Promises to be had where if you come back to our text, if we do this right, two things will happen. Two things will happen. We'll check this out. Number one, we'll see the wonders of God. We look at this. It says, afterwards, I'll part my spirit on all people. Your young men will dream dreams. Your young men, or old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show the wonders in the heavens and the earth. And to me, I don't know about you, but in my life, I want to see the wonders of God. I want to see what God can do. If he can create the universe the way it is, I just want to see what he can do if we just do what he says. I just want to see what he can do with average, ordinary, downriver people if we just start saying yes to God and we start doing what he says. If we just take young and old and collide them and say, here's your promises, God. You promised to do something great amongst us. God, what would happen? Because the thing I can't get out of my head is that God spoke and fireballs shot out of his mouth. We call stars. God literally carved the Grand Canyon with his finger. God spoke, and out of the word of his mouth, the springs that carved millions and millions of rivers all around the world, out of his mouth, the sea stops, the ocean stops. California, even though the waves keep crashing, God says no and stops. And if that God says that there's a promise for us to see wonders and see what he can do amongst us, I can't help but to think what he can do with us. I just want to see it because I don't want to stop at two campuses. You know what I want? I want 10. I don't want to stop at 450, 500 generation students. You know what I want? I want 2,000. I want to see the wonders. I want to see what an almighty, awesome, huge, holy God can do amongst us. I just want to see it. And the second thing I want to see because I want to see people far from God meet Jesus. I want to see the masses. And again, and again, there's promises. We're saying what, how this whole thing wraps up is who gets to see this stuff? Who gets to be part of the God movement? Who gets in? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means good people bad people, messed up people, screwed up people, black people, white people, yellow people, all people, everyone, you. 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 And I'm telling you what, I just want to see the day where Jesus permeates the darkness in our world. I just want to see the day where souls are saved and multitudes are so great they cannot be counted. I just want to see when we start worshiping God, it sounds like an ocean rushing because there's so many people lifting Jesus up because Jesus has fixed broken homes, because Jesus has came into our fatherless generations and became the father that fixes things. I want to see what happens when God Almighty, holy, awesome, perfect Jesus the brilliance of his majesty and his holiness permeates the darkness. I just want to see that. And the only way that happens is when we collide and become one church, two generations, and we become one. Because I'm telling you, when that happens, the spirit of God is unleashed and the wonders are displayed. Where I don't know where you're at, but I know for me, how's how we're going to kind of land this plane. 
is for me, you can feel something moving when you get two generations up on a stage. Something just shifts. Something just happens. Like for me, I remember for me, um, this past Christmas season, I don't know how many of you guys came to our Christmas Eve experiences, but to me, it was one of the greatest moments of my life where I literally cried like a baby. I mean, cried through the whole thing. And, I, and I'm not a crier. Jeremy's the crier, right? He preaches and cries, okay? I, I, I'm like the cheer guy. Woo, yeah, like that, that's me. But I remember I sat over here and man, I started to listen to Chad, our worship leader, sing hallelujah. And look, I don't, I don't know what it is about Chad, but when Chad has his heart turned towards God, and just start singing hallelujah, man. And that song just starts ripping, man. I'm telling you, I start to feel God's presence. I start to have a worship leader leading me into the presence of God. But then that wasn't the thing that really done it, did it for me. It was right after that when the lights went off and flipped on the back of the stage, we had Maddie over here. It was one of our middle school students reading about Jesus. And over here, we had Brandon, who was up here singing today, who is also one of our high school students reading about Jesus. Then over on the keyboards was Sarah, one of our Unite people, our college-aged uh, young adult person, leading the whole thing and playing the piano through the whole entire service. And I'm telling you, I started seeing Chad, and then the young people, Chad, and then the young people. And I'm, I sat over there, and I just felt the presence of God coming over me, and I just cried and cried and cried. And I said, God, you're doing it. God, you're doing it. God, you're doing it. As he's filling us up with his spirit, you start to feel the presence of God. And I'm telling you what, that's what I want. So as the generation pastor, what I do, what our generation's ministry does is it stands in the gap. We're not a youth ministry. Meaning I'm not a youth pastor. Don't miss this. If you're, if you're a Metro and this is your church, we no longer have a youth pastor. We have a generation pastor because I'm telling you what happens with youth groups is they separate from the church and you say, when you're a kid, go play with the youth pastor. And when you're an adult and grow up, then we'll let you into the church. Look, I, we can't have that. There'll be one church, two generations colliding. And what a generation ministry does is it stands in the gap and provides a bridge for young people and old people to collide, the visionaries and the dreamers to see the wonders of God displayed amongst us. And so for me, that's what we're about. That's what this whole entire thing is. And what I'm gonna do is ask you guys to stand in the gap with me. So that's like, we got an awesome team. We got awesome leaders. But man, we wanna be a church that believes in this. And so I'm gonna ask you guys to do is get involved and stand in the gap. And so what we got coming down the pipe for us and what we want to put you to partner with us in is this thing called the Winter Retreat. You guys saw the video for it, right? You've heard it be talked about. Um, it is the biggest event we do in the entire year for our middle school and high school students. Um, and we want you guys to get involved in that. So what that means, I'm gonna ask three things of you guys, then we're gonna be done. Three things. Number one is I'm gonna ask you guys to pray. Ask you guys to pray. And what I want everyone to do right now is get your cell phone out. Get your cell phones out right now. Right now, get your cell phones out. Because what I want you to do is to Put in your phone an alarm that rings every single day. Pick a time, it doesn't matter. And it reminds you to pray. And all I want you to do is pray that God, let our young people love you more at the end of that weekend. 
That's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be this long prayer. It doesn't need to be anything, but there's just a reminder. If you go back to last week, Greg talked all about prayer. Why would it be repetitious? Why would we all need to do it? If God hears one prayer, he hears them all. Yes, 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 but God loves to hear his kids beg and ask. And what I'm asking you guys to do is beg God, beg God, beg God to move in a mighty way. So number one is pray. Number two is serve with us. Now, um, again, you heard my Columbia story. We, I, it's funny, but it's bad in the moment, okay? Can't we agree? Like, like if you're like that, if, if he took my kid, I would kill him. I get it, I get it, I get it. Well, you also don't want them same stories coming through this weekend, right? So on our winter retreat weekend, January 30th, 31st, and February 1st, Super Bowl weekend, I'm asking you guys to serve that weekend. Like, we are going to need an army. If we plan on taking 300 kids with us to do overnight things, look, we need your guys' help. And so maybe you might want to take Friday off work, come up and help, maybe come after Friday. doesn't really matter. Maybe you want to come up for part of it, but what I want is our church to be involved. I want us to be one church, two generations, building this thing and moving it. Does that make sense? And so now you have to do background checks and that kind of stuff because you don't want to end up like me where you're on top of the kids straddling them, trying to hug them. Um, we'd, we'd have to hire you and I want to put that pressure on the church. Okay, so, so, uh, so yeah, so we, don't, we got to do background checks, make sure that stuff doesn't happen. Okay, it happened once. Okay, that's it. Leave it at that. Um, but so you're going to have to do background checks, that kind of stuff. Go back to the, to the resource center or the connection center or to our uh, booth and we'll hook all that up. Don't even worry about it. But man, come serve with us. And then the third and last thing is this, that I'd ask you guys to give. Um, just give. Like, we live in an incredibly under-resourced area. You wouldn't believe the droves of parents that just drop their kids off. You wouldn't believe the droves of kids that say, I wish I could go, but I can't afford it. And so maybe you might want to sponsor a kid or 10 kids. Or I said this in the last service, and people laugh, but like, I, I, I'd say someone in here could sponsor 100 kids. Seriously, like, it would not even blink an eye at your savings account when, listen to me, I understand you need that, but there's some of us that have made a lot of money and look, what would happen if you said, I'm gonna nail it. Here's a hundred kids, go. What would God do? And I'm telling you, you go, that sounds crazy. Well, come back to our promises. You wanna see the wonders of God? Let's hook this up. One church, two generations. Does that make sense? And so, man, that's what I'm asking of you guys. I love you guys. Um, and so, man, we're gonna kind of be dismissed um, after this guy. Chris. Thank you for investing in our kids. Thank you. I tell you what, my brother, uh, I am so grateful that you have poured your life into my two children. I don't know where they would be without you. And uh, we love you and we support what you're doing. And uh, Chris, man, who wouldn't want to get their kid connected to these guys? Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, brother. Listen, from the early days of Metro, Uh, We have decided to be a church that reaches the next generation. One church, many generations. One church, many generations. You hear me? One church, many generations. If the gospel stops with us, the gospel stops. The command of God is to give it to the next generation, to do everything in our power to make it appetizing to them. And from the very earliest days of this church, we've decided to bend our church in that direction. And I get it. We have heard thousands of times over the years. Can't we do something that appeals to us a little bit more? Yes, we can. But by and large, we have made a decision as a church from the earliest days to do everything we can to bend it to the next generation. Listen, I've been in church for 30 years. The generation in front of me has done everything possible to give me the gospel. 
And I'm grateful for it. And you know what? If, if we have to give up a little bit to give it away to the next generation, then it is worth it. Amen? It is worth it. It is worth ha having music that we go, is that, what was that kid doing? I don't even know what that kid was doing up there. He was doing something. I don't even know. It is worth it to not understand all the music, not understand why it has to be so loud or so quiet or so dark or so bright or whatever it is. It's worth it. If we have to give up something to give it away, it seems so worth it to me. And I'm asking that everybody in this church just gets on that page, simply gets on that page and says, we will be a church to reach young people. Connect your students to this youth ministry. If you got young adults or teenagers, connect them here, beg them, push them, plead with them to get involved in one way or another. It will be well worth your investment. People say all the time, oh, oh, I got my kids in football. I got my kids in baseball. I got my kids in ballet. I got my kids in soccer or music or whatever. Listen, all those things are great. But when their life is falling apart when they're 20 years old, you're not going to show up to a soccer field and go, fix my kid. Fix my kid. You're going to get on your knees. You're going to pray to a holy God to somehow intervene in their life. And the church will be there for them. The body of Christ needs to be for them right now. You connect your kids. It'll be well worth it to you. I promise you. Chris and the whole gang, they're incredible. Amen?